0: Welcome to episode 266 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Black. And we are recording uh, via a quarter to half second delay across the world (laughs) twice, thanks to a VPN connection from uh, Xi'an, China to Los Angeles. So uh, the magic of the internet is indeed magical, but might make our conversation slightly laggy. (laughs) which uh, I'm sure Drew and and Sarah are going to work wonders
1: on. Yeah, thanks, Drew, for for editing this. And also, thank you, Drew. We want to do a quick shout-out before we get into uh, our sponsors to Drew and Sarah for doing a wonderful fire drill last week due to our crazy travel times and everything, time zones. They had a very shortened Period of time to, to get last week's episode edited and up. So, thank you to Drew and Sarah for, for getting that in, you rock stars.
0: Yeah, you, you both are heroes, and uh, we apologize for recording so late. So, this week uh, we're a little bit earlier, and we've got a lot of news. We've got some follow up, uh, a lot of good stuff to dig into this episode. This week we have a new sponsor, it's Protopie. Protopie is a prototyping tool that makes it really easy to create high-fidelity prototypes for your digital product. Uh, It integrates with Adobe XD and Sketch on Mac, but it also integrates with Adobe XD on Windows, which is awesome for anybody who's ever been really frustrated with the lack of prototyping tools or the lack of integration with Adobe XD on any platform ever. So if you've just been stuck on your Windows machine, you're like, what do I use? Protopie is a perfect answer. Uh, They've built a really, really awesome set of primitives uh, for building really great interactions for digital products that integrates with your device sensors. So you can load it on your Android or your iPhone phone uh, and use the camera, the gyroscope, any of the other sensors on your phone, uh, all without any code. So you can just drag and drop layers, uh, click uh, a properties panel. It looks very similar to Sketch to configure really awesome uh, customizable animations and interactions. Uh, This makes it really easy to get super granular. You can adjust curves and values uh, all without having to touch a line of code. Of course, you can preview all this on your desktop as well, or you can share links to preview it on the web with uh, the ability to share things on the web. They've unlocked some really cool technology that lets you actually share prototypes uh, between two different devices at the same time. So what you can do is have one prototype Transmit messages and another prototype or the same prototype on another machine receive messages, which means you can actually uh, prototype messaging applications. So in their demo, they have someone sending money on Messenger uh, and in the same prototype on another phone, somebody receives money on Messenger. So this is awesome if you're doing multi-person interactive uh, prototyping, uh, especially for people who are building social applications. You've got to check this out. Uh, They have a special offer just for Design Details listeners as well. It's a 17-day free trial as well as 30% off. You can go to protopie.io. They have an initial trial for seven days. uh, But if you log in uh, and then use our promo code, you'll get an additional 10 days for free. So 17 total days to give it a try totally for free. Uh, and if you use the promo code DESIGNDETAILS when you go to check out, you're going to get 30% off of a one-year license, uh, which will be good until September 30th of 2018. So that promo code is DESIGNDETAILS, all one word, at protopie.io. Give it a try. This looks like an awesome tool. Uh, Marshall and I have been poking around with it. And the the primitives, the drag and drop, the lack of code, like it all makes a lot of sense. Uh, And the examples of things that people have built with Protopie are really awesome. So go to protopie.io and use the promo code DESIGNDETAILS. Thanks so much to Protopie.
1: Thanks, Protopie, and thank you to Asana. Uh, Asana is currently looking for six designers to join them at the company, which is, according to a great place to work, a great place to work. Uh, 99%. (laughs) 99% across the board, uh, pretty, pretty uh, amazing place to work, it seems. Uh, And I know that the product that they make is amazing, Asana is a, a tool to make working easier. It helps you coordinate with uh, uh, cross-functionally with the other people in your organization. It has Gantt charts and a Kanban tool and everything. But they're looking for six people to come join them in San Francisco, and they're going to be traveling around the country to two cities, uh, Chicago in October and Austin in uh, November for a few days each. So if you are a product designer or a design manager... They are willing to fly you out to Chicago or Austin if you don't live nearby, but if you live nearby, stop by. Both are awesome cities to check out in their own right, but they'll be in each city for three to four days and doing shortened interviews, so if... If you're successful in nailing that interview and getting the job, they'll pay for you and support you to relocate out to San Francisco and start working closely with their teams. Uh, You can find out more at asana.design. At the top, there's a couple of links there, and you can click on the respective uh, titles for which type of design person you are. You should also
0: check out, uh, there's a ton of other links on asana.design. So there's actually links to all their blog posts talking about the thing that they're building and the way their design team is Uh, working together, their thought process, like lessons that they've learned, building design systems. So there's a ton of content
1: there to read anyways, uh, whether or not you're looking for a new job. So thank you to Asana Design. And uh, let's get into this episode, Bryboy. All right, so I I have a couple follow-up notes. Uh, So last episode in our special
0: travel edition of Design Details, uh, Marshall talked about the tactile pavement in Tokyo. And as soon as we finished recording that episode, and I walked out the door of our hotel... Lo and behold, all across <laughs> Beijing, and now I'm in Xi'an. Uh, lo and behold, tactile pavement everywhere. Uh, I love Somehow it. Somehow I just didn't register in my head. I was like, these bumps and yellow tiles don't mean anything. <laughs> I just didn't process it. Uh, but yeah, they're everywhere. So the tactile pavement, maybe it's just, a. Uh, I wonder what other Asian countries uh, have this, but
1: yeah uh, i i opened your eyes to it you you were blind before and now you see now I see thanks to the power of design wah, 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 wah. so yeah that's really cool i I don't know what
0: other maybe it's a, a bunch of asian countries i know that it's like semi implemented in different u s cities right like we have the bumpy yellow dots on certain corners but I've never seen the like full length of
1: the sidewalk yellow uh like four four long bumps Style, yeah, dude. There's there's an entire design system. I linked it so <laughs> I do my research after we do the show. But in my research Classic. for this sh- to do the, the show, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a professional journalist. Um, in, in my research <laughs> to do the show notes for the show, uh, I found this 108 page uh, design document on how to implement uh, tactile paving in your city, and it is. Really cool. Like, if you want to scroll through that thing, there's some really interesting. They've thought the thing through entirely, as the 108-page design document would imply. Uh, but check that out. I'll link it again here in, in this week's show notes. But it's it's an interesting read. Check it out. In in the meantime, I've I
0: went from Beijing and now I'm in Xi'an and I'm getting to learn a little bit more about China. So I just want to add a couple follow up notes uh, on things that I thought were interesting. So uh, the first is. They use face recognition everywhere here, uh, especially for uh, safety and security. So anytime you check in at a hotel, they'll have face recognition at the hotel. Um, and that's all linked Wait, so up So they to, scan
1: you when you first come in and then they yeah, just so check, when it you every check in every time you come You
0: like hand them your ID and uh-huh. they'll scan it, but then they'll also face rec you. Uh, and that all is tied into central databases so they... You know, and and CCTV and like wherever all all those They're tracking you know cameras man. spread around the city. Yeah, so it, it tracks you, and uh, you, you can't murder that's anyone. That's a pretty now. interesting.
1: They got you. Yeah, they got you. you're in the system there's now, actually, Brian. Like, uh,
0: there's a case on uh, on the TV yesterday. Like uh, the cameras captured one of the first cases of a self defense murder, and we have. 12 angles of it because there's cameras everywhere um so mm-hmm. uh, we were watching that on tv yesterday and talking about it uh yeah, so there's cameras everywhere uh using face rec, so all that ties into a, a sort of a central identification system which uh the other note here i thought was really interesting is emails are not really standard here in china whereas in the u.s they certainly are like if you interact with the government, you're interacting via email, most likely. Or if you're signing up for a, a government website, you're entering your email address. Here, it's not the same. It's basically a phone number-driven society, which is awesome. I think that's that's really the way of the future is if you have a phone number, you can connect to the system. Uh, you use the phone number to buy things. You use the phone number to connect to Wi-Fi, which uh, is a much more logical thing, especially for people who are coming onto the internet for the first time. Email is sort of an antiquated way of communicating versus like modern messaging apps. Email is just so big for us because that's like the way we grew up on the internet is like Mm -hmm. there was email first, then messaging apps. But here, if you're coming online for the first time, it's like, why would you just skip the whole email step? Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's really cool. And then the last small note, which I thought was interesting, is uh, the way that they're trying to address traffic in certain provinces is basically the last number of your license plate if it's even or odd it determines the days you're allowed to drive your car yeah that's so i think it's monday it's like monday wednesday friday if the last number of your license plate is even you can drive or or something like that it's great because it's anti-discriminatory anti-discriminatory very frustrating i assume for many situations where people need to get from a to b but there's great public transport here so maybe it doesn't matter too much
1: yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, talk about a, a truly democratic way of doing it. It's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Design solutions. Design details. Brad. Design
0: solutions. Let's pick even odd win-lose head stales. That's easy. Yeah. yeah let's done.
1: ruin half of the country's day
0: every every <laughs> other day. Yeah. I wouldn't be that extreme because there's a million other super really great uh transportation options here. There's like the shared bikes everywhere. Really good public transport. So uh, it doesn't seem like that big of a a loss.
1: Uh, I I had another observation real quick because I don't want to go too long in this follow-up stuff. But uh, one thing I wanted to point out that is one of my favorite things in Japan is Ichidan Ramen. It is my favorite ramen place. I look forward to it. It is worth a trip to Japan alone. It's the best Hakata noodle, noodle style, like really thin noodles and a, a pork-based broth, I believe, like a, a creamy broth. And it is so good. But the way you order it is totally unique. You essentially put money into a vending machine. It spits out tickets. And when you go into the restaurant, you just give them your tickets. They sit you down in a booth. It's a un- it's an individual booth, kind of like a voting booth with partitions on either side and a stool. There's a sensor in the stool. So the kitchen knows when you sat down. So they know to come to your little window. Uh, and then they roll up the little window thing. They take your tickets. Um, you fill out a little form that says how spicy you want stuff and how al dente you want your noodles, et cetera. And, uh, a few minutes later, it's like fast food. A few minutes later, your ramen comes out and you eat it and you can slip all you want to cause you got partitions on either side and can't splash anybody. Uh, and it, and it keeps you relatively, yeah, yeah. uh, in, in a little bit of privacy. Just look at your phone or whatever. I think it was made for, I don't know if this was actually what it was for, but it certainly works for people who are introverts or just want to like catch up on the news while they're eating or something like here, just let me, yeah, yeah. I can't talk while, while I'm trying to eat. But I can't read my phone, so like, let, me, let me catch up on email, let me read the news while I'm slurping away at these noodles. And then when I'm done, the sensor knows that I got up and left, so they come and clean out your little stall. And then a stall makes it sound like a, a toilet or something. <laughs> Let's clean out your little booth. <laughs> and uh, A little toilet stall? And because you already paid at the very beginning, and you never even had to t- talk to a person, you just put it into a machine. Everything is really fast, really efficient, and you can eat lunch in like 30 minutes. It's awesome. <laughs> Marshall's dreamscape. You didn't have to talk to a person. <laughs> mm-hmm. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I ate there five times this trip, which is actually oh, lower than God. I expected it to be. Cause like I would eat it basically every meal if I could, but I, I branched out this time and ate a bunch of different stuff. But yeah, oh, it, it's so a, adventurous. I, I wish we had these places here in the States. Like I, I would I, like, I think you could, it would be pretty successful in San Francisco. Like, People yeah, would definitely yeah. go eat at that place. And at, at, right around, people eat late, but like right around two o'clock, there's a line and it's hard to get in, but it's good. And I wanted to share that with y'all because I thought it was a really interesting user experience. A couple more small points of follow up this week. Uh, so Chris Doner, uh, beat us at
0: Ariel Ar- Ar- Al- Vetica, Ariel Al- which is a link that we shared a couple episodes ago where you have to decide, uh, based on a image, uh, side by side, which logo is ariel and which one is helvetica and apparently marshall and i suck and
1: chris donor's is the best so well we suck by by single units of measure you got an 18 out of 20 i got <laughs> 19 out of 20 and he got a 20 out of 20 so we're proud of you i think mm-hmm. a lot of other people beat us too but uh chris yeah, i'm sure i'm sure chris was so bold as to share with us thank you Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah respect uh, so last week we talked about the iPhone event and Apple Watch mostly, but we uh, were a little critical of the iPhone naming convention. And one thing that I was thinking about in retrospect is something that I really try to do and something that's hard to do is bite my tongue. And if I don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I don't know if that's how you were raised, but that's definitely how I was raised. And when I listen back to episodes doing show notes, I hear myself talk and, and say, not such glowing things about uh, other products that people worked really hard on. And I, I, I wanted to, to bring up and maybe have a little conversation with Brian about like where the line is for like criticism versus being too harsh on on someone else's blood, sweat and tears, you know? I think it's
0: especially hard when you know some of the people there. Like if you can put faces to names, it obviously makes it more human. And it's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to offend my friend who works there. Right.
1: But I think that there is a line somewhere in between there. Nobody reached out to us and said, "Hey, you were too harsh." Yeah, yeah. This is this is self-editing, but I think it's accurate.
0: Yeah, but I think this happens a lot, especially in in design Twitter is like it's very hard to be critical of things because it can feel like an attack. An attack where the other person or the the team or the people who worked on that don't have a platform or mechanism to address those criticisms properly. Mm -hmm. so at a lot of companies like an individual designer might not have the authority or or even the the permission to respond as an individual to a thing Mm -hmm. and most companies won't respond to like fucking ui feedback or naming feedback especially not apple so there's like it feels lopsided so i I see where you're coming from it felt lopsided
1: for us to like sit in our high horses and (laughs) On our high horses, and inside our high horses, like tauntauns, inside our high <laughs> horses, <laughs> inside our uh, tr- high Trojan horses. Those are the only horses I can think of that you sit inside. I was, I was, uh, I mentioned tauntaun. That's a Star Wars oh, reference, oh. Brian. Oh, oh, it's, yeah, it's cold okay. out there, and we're just well, trying to I heard, stay warm inside our or warm gooey tauntaun guts. Stay warm out there, tauntaun. That's like a
0: nice. <laughs> branding exercise.
1: Mm-hmm. It's cold out there, ton
0: So then what what's a good way of discussing or, or criticizing things that are being shipped into the world, whether it's on a podcast like this or on Twitter or as a blog post? Is it appropriate? I feel like the, the cop-out here is nothing, very few things that people ship are quote-unquote perfect. Maybe nothing's ever perfect. There are people who worked hard on everything. The people who worked there probably are aware of the things that suck. They're probably aware of uh, the shortcomings, and they probably fought to extend timelines, and they fought for more resources to fix those things, and they couldn't. So is it, but then it's like, well, is it even worth criticizing? And it, then you get into a world where nobody criticizes anything, and then what's yep. the point? Uh, yeah, so this don't is why I brought I this know. up.
1: I'm so glad that your mind went there, because that's exactly the kind of sequence of events that that my mind went through. It's like, yeah, well, if you just never say anything negative, then no one ever hears Feedback and there's no such thing as constructive criticism if you can't say negative things. So like, yeah, I, I maybe it's just more of a, a note to us to be more moderate in our in our criticism and a little bit less um, because it's so easy to go five star, one star, right? Like basically, yeah, most yeah. criticism on the internet is this is genius or this is the stupidest thing ever. And when you do the latter, I think it defeats the purpose to some extent. So, uh, I would challenge us in the future to be a little bit more thoughtful with our criticism, not to say that we won't criticize things, but, um, and, and I would encourage everyone out there to realize that, uh, like Brian was saying, battles get fought behind closed doors and something, sometimes things happen that aren't the ideal, but it's what could ship. And that's what, that's the best outcome possible, uh, even though it's not perfect and nothing is perfect. I know for certain that, I'm never happy with anything I ever do. So um, perfection is impossible, but um, you get as good as you can to make sure that something gets out the door.
0: Yeah, there is just a ton of nuance there of like how to even, like do I have to hem and haw and contextualize every single time I want to criticize something? Like before I criticize anything, I have to say, I know people work (laughs) there really hard. I know that there's battles fought, but Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Like, do I have to do that every time, or can that be implied?
1: <laughs> it's like uh, that Silicon Valley episode where, like, Richard is such a terrible CEO. He's, you know, he's a nice guy, yeah. and I forget. But they came up with like a shortened version of what they, you know, this this whole preamble of like he's a great guy and I love him and he's awesome. But but you know, here's the real we, feedback. Yeah. yeah, we should. I'll do some research and figure out what that is, and that will be our, <laughs> that will be a little shortened preface of like we get it. We both have worked in this field. Uh, and done yeah. this thing and shipped products and we know, we know the, the trials and tribulations and we, we empathize, yeah. but yeah, we're still going to, we're going to still going to point out things that aren't perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if anyone works at Apple and was just yelling at us like,
0: yes, I know. Well, we hear you, we feel you, but that's a good reminder. Thanks Marshall. No Speaking of, of the Apple stuff, did you end up getting the the new watch? Oh,
1: yeah, boy. I don't know if you
0: I noticed, see it. I noticed it, yeah, and when you had the uh, the face on, yeah. That edge-to-edge looks
1: good. Yeah. Oh, it's so big. You want to give, screen... give us an initial uh, one-minute design details
0: exclusive review?
1: Sure. Okay, so one, thing we're, one of the things we were talking about last t- last episode when we brought this up was the haptics and how the haptics work with the digital crown. I can answer some of those questions. So in, in situations where it would make sense... For a card to pop on screen, like say scrolling through album art in Apple Music or podcasts or your Siri watch face as each new card kind of pops in and slides into a fixed position, it'll pop there. Otherwise, if it's kind of a loose scrolling list like Notification Center, it ticks basically... Every time, you know how there's little uh, ridge cutouts on the digital crown to give it some traction around the edge? Right. It feels like each each one of those ridges has a little pop to it too. So it's it's more of a fast, oh. rrr, you know, f- you know, machine gun little as yeah, you, yeah. as you scroll, which I'm not sure if I like it because it's uh, maybe a little bit excessive in the long term but you can turn it off if you don't like it but uh yeah so that helps uh, answer that question which i'm i'm happy with those answers that's kind of what i would expect in, in use of it it feels right another thing was the the watch face the the new watch face which is called infograph third parties can get in those corners and have those curved text labels uh things has already updated to be compatible with that and it's pretty of good of course it actually, yeah, of course, things. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I have mine set up. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, I had a, had a problem with not being able to tell the, the time by minute. Remember, I was lamenting the fact that it's a a uh, analog watch and not a digital one. There is a solution to that, but it comes at a price. So uh, in order for the name of your next meeting to appear uh, around the ring of the of the hours and minutes in the top center uh, sub-dial position on the center face, not in the corners, uh, you have to have the, the uh, calendar there. If the calendar is in that top center position, then it will replace that top uh, text there uh, or place that top text in the top curve. Uh, if it's anywhere else, it won't do that. So I have it at the bottom, but it doesn't, it doesn't put my words there. But to adjust the minute problem, you can replace that top center subdial with a digital clock. So it'll give you hours, minutes, and seconds. So you can see the hands, which actually mostly just get in the way of the other (laughs) sub-dials. Can you turn off the hands? (laughs) Uh, I wish. I don't think so. I don't think so. But you can get a very down-to-the-second accurate reading of what what actual time it is. So that's how I have it set up.
0: It will be very interesting as the watch makes its transformation, much like the iPhone did, where the first version of the iPhone was very much a phone with apps, uh, and the modern iPhone is a... A hardware that contains apps, and one of those apps happens to be a phone. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if the watch will make that transition, where it becomes less and less about being a watch and more and more about just being a app viewing device that happens to be on your wrist. Um, I hope
1: and it doesn't. And a watch happens to be one of those apps. I hope it doesn't. Maybe. My 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 main use of the watch is as a watch, like to tell what time it is. Sure. Everything else is gravy. But uh, if, but, uh, yeah, I'm just wondering if that's going to change. I hope not. <laughs> like, and also <laughs> using apps on the phone is not super great. Like certain specific things, like the now playing screen is awesome. I love that. Uh, especially when it's contextual, if you're playing music or watching something, it it just comes up automatically. It replaces the watch face, but yeah, most, interacting with most apps in, on your watch is not great, but it is awesome for notifications, quick triage with glances and everything. It's great for telling the time, and it's great for controlling music or media. But more than that, I I don't know. I mean, this is a better screen for it, but I don't know. I just don't see the use case, especially considering Gorilla Arm, you know, like holding it up too long, it, it just isn't comfortable to use. But sure. for... Tell me the time. Tell me if somebody got in contact with me. Don't buzz my leg, buzz my arm, and let me check it out. And let me do quick media adjustments, like fast-forwarding, pausing, adjusting the volume. Anything other than that is like gravy, and I don't need it. But it does all those three things really well. Sure. So much for not talking about uh, follow-up for too long. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We also have news today, Brian. Lots of news. We've got a lot of news. Yeah. So... I don't know if you ever used uh, Gmail Inbox, the Inbox app, Brian. Have you ever used that? Uh, I tried it when it came out and use it intermittently.
0: Um, I could never use first-party Google clients because they had bad multi-account
1: support. Well, no big deal then because it's going away. <laughs> and <you're>, No <laughs> loss to you. <laughs> oh, it wasn't really a genuine question. Okay, got it. <laughs> no, it was. I was going to ask your opinion <laughs> about it if you'd ever used it, but okay. you haven't. So, I see. Um, well, I, I used it in addition I, well, to... Well,
0: I, I do have an opinion on Inbox going away, though. I think it's sad okay. because okay. Uh, I know it was an innovative tool and a lot of people used it. It was like the playground for how can we make Gmail better. And yep. now it's it's going away. Which, what does that imply?
1: Like, what what can we learn from Inbox shutting down? Well, the a lot, it seems like, and I, I don't know anybody working on the team or any, any inside information, but with the newest Gmail update It seems like a lot of the uh, features from inbox have been brought back in to Gmail and uh, where uh, there are a lot more users, one assumes. so they can affect a lot more people, those those cool new features. And well one of the things I wanted to talk about was the difference of using inbox in Gmail as far as triage goes. So I historically and currently, Split my personal email up from my work email by using two different apps. Currently, I'm using Apple Mail for my personal and uh, Gmail for my work, but before I used to use Apple Mail and Inbox for my work. And inbox was great because all of the stuff that wasn't directly to me or you know just uh, mass emails got bundled up and the things sent particularly to me specifically shined, shown, whichever. They were bright and they they stood out from the rest of the, the emails and were a lot easier to triage. But it also meant that I ignored those other emails. And sometimes there was some like stuff I needed to deal with in those bundles that got shrunk up. It made me feel better about my inbox because like I could get through my unread stuff a lot faster. But... It was really just kind of lying to myself because that stuff was all still there and unread. I just hadn't dealt with it yet. And having moved Half of back, my email triage process is feeling bad about myself. So don't worry. <laughs> I think that's everybody. Uh, man, yeah, I hate I hate email. It's the worst. But since going back to Gmail, I've I, I left Inbox a little while ago just to try the new Gmail update when I got the dog food, and it was uh, interesting to see that now I pay more attention to each individual email. I have to mindfully go through each one and archive the things automatically that don't really matter that are just kind of organization wide blasts and uh, but i'm more likely to see stuff that might get bundled up otherwise so it's kind of changed my way of triage and it's also changed my feeling of inbox zero when i when i get down to the point of zero unread and everything replied to or i actually feel like i truly have gotten to the end of my inbox and dealt with it for the next 5 minutes until a bunch more come in you know
0: makes sense so are you overall sad about Inbox going away, or it doesn't matter since you feel like Gmail got kind of the best of of what it offered and, and is, is a nice option going forward?
1: Um, I think, I mean, I'm always sad when, when an app that is successful, even to a small amount of people, goes away, uh, which leads into the next thing that we're going to talk about. But yeah, I think, I mean, as long as the legacy lives on, and it served the purpose that it was meant to serve, which was be a playground for things that were too... Wild to go into Gmail proper, um, and might not ever get built there due to you know fear of change. Um, but could be sussed out and tested and tweaked and made perfect in a separate sandbox, and then brought back into the to the main app or, or to the you know larger, more widely used app later on. So that's my feelings on that, and that brings me to talk about. YouTube gaming, something that uh, just launched. Something that is near and dear to your heart. Yeah, I couldn't talk about it last week, but I was in the throes of dealing with um, last minute tweaks and making everything just right with the marketing and everything. And I finally launched, been working on it for months. I can't really talk about it other than to say I'm super excited. And it was received positively, it seems. And the reason I bring it up in combination with Inbox is that the old YouTube gaming app is going away, but it served very much the same purpose as the uh, Inbox did to to Gmail, in that it was a separate sandbox where we could play around with a bunch of crazy features that would otherwise probably not get built, get them proven in a separate area, and then once proven, bring them back into the main app. Um, We did that with, like, dark mode and... Super Chat and a bunch of other stuff, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to have a ton more people using the product that I work on and um, be affecting a lot more creators, a lot more viewers, and it's it's super cool to have it finally out the door and I can talk about it a little bit,
0: a little bit. Well, that's great. Congrats, man! I'm excited to see uh, how everything will integrate. Yeah, the the future is bright, my son. <laughs> <laughs> my boy <laughs> my, boy. Speaking, my boy speaking of brightness speaking of brightness uh our last bit of news this week is uh, a new tool by the lift design team called oh, we're, Colorbox. So good, we're so good uh, with the
1: segues
0: the, we're gonna get so good at these uh so <laughs> colorbox.io is the website uh the Lyft design systems team put this out it is uh, opening up the algorithm for how Lyft chooses their color schemes. And this tool is pretty cool. Uh, basically, it's an interactive color palette generator. No, no, not a palette generator, like a a color graph generator where you choose uh, a start point, an end point, a curve, uh, very much a Bezier Bezier curve. And they, you get each individual value sort of updates in real time in this middle chart. So you can... It's very interactive. You can play around with it. Uh, and it is very fun. Uh, mathematical. So for all you color nerds, there's a lot of math going on behind the scenes here, which ah. will probably be fun to poke around with. But you can adjust everything like luminosity, uh, saturation, hue, the number of steps you want in between the start and the end colors. Yeah, color nerds, you're going to love this. Uh, it's it's really cool. and And they do some nice contextual stuff like changing the... Text color on different backgrounds based on some heuristic. I'm not sure exactly how they know when to switch dark text and light text based on the background, but uh, they do some intelligent things like that, which is nice. This is crazy. Yeah, you can change the curve and everything.
1: I imagine if you're coming up with a new color palette for for a brand or something that you're kind of just starting from scratch, this would be a really interesting tool to play around with and mess with around around with a lot of wildly different stuff super fast. Cool. So you can check that
0: out. That's at colorbox.io. And this is one of the first things I've seen from the Lyft team. So like publicly sort of like accessible tool. So good job Lyft and and the team that worked on this. All right, Marshall. So we have a last bit of news, which is also kind of going to fit into a new segment, uh, which we'll call tool review, where we talk about some of the, the latest and greatest happening in design tooling Marshall, uh, Sketch Fifty Two beta dropped this week, mm-hmm. and you've been playing around with it. Tell me, tell me what's going on. How is it?
1: Uh, if by playing around with it you mean installed it right before we started recording the show, then yes, absolutely. I've been playing the hell right around with it. <laughs> <laughs> playing the hell out of it for the last twelve minutes. No, it's it. They it got a facelift. There's a dark mode now that respects Mojave light and dark mode. They did a bunch of little pet updates uh, as far as like snapping. And just little tweaks here and there. But, uh, I have the same file open in both the current shipping version of Sketch and Sketch Beta. And I'm, I can, so I can, uh, command tab back and forth. And it's interesting, this facelift they've given it, the, the right side properties panel. I'm not sure what the real word is for it. Properties panel. You know, what I'm talking about that right yeah. side bar yeah. has been laid out, uh, a little bit differently. It's a little bit wider, but it seems like, they have really rethought a lot of things like nice little quality of life stuff like the um in the left layer panel the page headers are sticky so you don't have to scroll up to see which page you're on they kind of moved around the expando button for the the page names themselves it used to be on the the top of the layers list now it's up where the pages title is which makes a lot of sense they took the color away from the tool, uh, the yeah, the toolbar icons, and gave them a little button for each one, which is a little bit more consistent with macOS in general. But I'm not sure how I feel about the removal of the color, since I use that kind of as a, a an yeah. eye guide to to find the particular boolean I was looking for. It's probably shortcuts I could figure out, but and that's another thing is they've allowed nested booleans now, so uh, you can have multiple booleans nested in a combined shape, uh, which makes doing icons and glyphs so much easier it seems. Yeah. a lot more things are going to be possible uh, than were before. I, I don't know if you ever played around with trying to make glyphs in sketch but it it was hard. Oh, I did. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah, it's been it's been difficult. You learn you learn little tricks and and things but yeah, nothing nothing beats it just being fully featured. Yeah, yeah.
0: So people you can try the Sketch 52 beta today, right? It's on their their beta website. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as long as you own Sketch, you can download the beta.
0: I love I love quality of life updates in general.
1: Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't need to be a huge new feature for
0: me to get me excited. Like quality of life stuff that makes the day-to-day things that you do a million times and take a quarter of a second a little bit better, that feels super super good. So sounds like sketches is addressing a lot of that.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a video I can link to in the show notes that kind of shows how snapping works now or maybe it was a gif that I saw, but previously if you tried to drag something around and have it snap to stuff it would snap to anything in the canvas wherever it happened to be, which means you could be snapping to something a mile away and not know it even though you're trying to get right next to the, you know, something to snap right next to it. That was English, I guess. And now it respects your viewport, viewport. So when you drag something around it, will only snap to things that you can actually see inside the window, which makes a ton of sense. I don't know if I would have thought of that, right. but uh, now that it's there, you can actually control exactly what you want to snap to just by what's visible on screen. Makes sense. Makes a ton of sense. So you mentioned earlier that this is not a, a big feature update, and uh, it's mostly more of a quality of life improvement update, but I would argue that actually it is uh, pretty big. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, there's dark mode, uh, which is pretty huge. They had to redo everything, or at least respec everything, to work in a dark mode. Which, as someone who uh, works on an app that has a dark mode, it's not. It's nice not to have a very bright screen uh, when I'm working on very dark images, because those mocks can can lose their fidelity when when the surrounding screen is white. So having a dark mode that isn't a, a paid plugin is is nice for the entire community. Anybody who uses it. So I'm looking forward to that. Which is a huge update, but also the UI design of the app in general. Like This is an app that UI designers use to design UIs, and they redesigned the UI of it. (laughs) That's that's no small feat, especially considering what we were talking about earlier, as far as one-star, five-star reviews when it comes to designers uh, critiquing other design work. Um, I imagine there were some sweaty brows before this thing launched, uh, hoping that everybody liked it, because that's a big change to make. So if you want to check out all these new features uh, and see what all we've been talking about. Sketch Beta, I believe, is available to anybody who already owns the app. So you can just download it now. And uh, yeah, lots of quality of life improvements and that dark mode, though.
0: That dark mode, though. You know what? It, uh, so there was a thread on Spectrum a long time ago where someone asked if Sketch was going to have a dark mode. And uh, this was before they'd said they were going to work on it. And someone started just hacking together... A plugin that modified the Sketch UI, and they custom made their own dark modes. So I think actually, if you Google like Sketch, it's called Midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you,
1: yeah. So this is like a huge thread on on Spectrum. You might not have been able to hear it, but I mentioned it earlier.
0: Oh no! Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, okay. that was a Ping, cool. Things are hard. And now I can't Google anything because I turned my VPN off. God damn it! <laughs> I have Google us for the remainder of the episode. This is great. You know, stay on the road, Brian. This is this is working out really well. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for putting up with our, our remote podcasts. Uh, Sketch beta sounds great, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. All right, Marshall, uh, tell me about something cool you found this week.
1: Okay, uh, so are are you aware of this thing called Reddit, Brian? Reddit? Huh. Mm-hmm. Tell me yes. more. Are you going to start singing? No. Okay. I will never sing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. For, for fear of blackmail. Yeah. Same. I whistled. That's about as far as I'll go. Yeah. So I use... I don't, I don't use the default Reddit app, like the, the, the main Reddit app on my iPhone. I use a third-party app called Apollo. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's ApolloApp.io, but it's made by one dude... And I think it is far superior to the default app. Have you played around with it, Brian? I have not played
0: with Apollo. I use the default. Why? Tell me why it's better. Why should I switch?
1: Okay. Well, it's free. I think you have to like deal with ads. If if but I'm I'm the type of person that if I know something is built by a single person or a very small team, I'm happy to give them a few bucks for it. And I think it's like $5 to, to unlock the, you know, ad free and a bunch of other features, Mm -hmm. um, including you can change the app icon itself and a bunch of different view modes and, and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it has gestural input. So if you want to upvote something, you can just do a, a left swipe and you can customize everything from compact view to full screen view or like, you know, a full width view of your feed navigation throughout subreddits is super easy. You can set up your, your home Reddit or you can set it to either start on that Reddit or start on a different subreddit or start on all or wherever you want it to be. It's basically like, you know, the, the sky's the limit as far as customization goes. And uh, I, I greatly prefer it as far as how it handles GIFs and basically just all of the interactions. It feels far more ios than the Reddit app does. You'll have to okay. play around okay. with it. Um, yeah, I'll check it out. Let me know what you think, but I really like it. Does it have the, uh, the button
0: on Reddit that is game-changing for me? Is uh, In the bottom right corner, there's a little icon where it's
1: jump to next top-level comment. Do you know what I'm talking about? So on this one, the way it works is uh, when you go into a post and into like the leaf view of the post, uh, you just tap on a comment and it automatically rolls up all of the comments under it until the next top comment. So you just tap, scroll down, you can read stuff um, and and it works on sub comments too. So wherever you tap, that becomes the next top level. Mm-hmm. Um and it rolls up everything under that. It's it's really useful. Close enough, I think. I think the I like jumping to next
0: top level and not having to have them be collapsed. Like I wanna read the first few replies.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, so it, it's it it only collapses all these sub replies under the comment that you tap on, but the next comment at the same level rolls up right under it, uncollapsed. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Okay. I, see, yeah. I, I, I think we have the same browsing habits and I think you're asking for the same thing that i want and it has it cool well i'll have to check out apollo sounds good it's got some nice peek and pop stuff it uses 3d touch and everything it's it's a really i mean it's shocking that this is one person who made this thing
0: yeah in general i'm with you like if there's one person that makes something it it seems worth you know giving them patronage i think of uh Mm -hmm. fuck uh what's the one that daniel hooper makes i'm spacing on it the principle principle yeah like yeah Apps like that, uh, whose names I, I sometimes can't remember, uh, it's, it's really impressive work and, and uh,
1: people should check it out. Cool. Yeah. Plus, I, I think there's a subreddit, r slash Apollo app, where you can suggest feature requests and bug fixes and post screenshots if something messes up and he'll reply and get right to it. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's like using your app as the uh, feedback media for your own app. Yeah. 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 Do you have a cool thing, Brian? Yeah, mine's not
0: technology-related, but it's a cool thing nonetheless. Uh, So this week, uh, we're in Xi'an, which is in central China, and uh, I got to visit the Terracotta Warriors, Terracotta Army, sorry. They're warriors within the army. So for people who don't know, this is one of the eight wonders of the world. And the Terracotta Army is an underground assembly of three pits containing more than 8,000 soldiers, 130 chariots, 520 horses, 150 cavalry horses, all made out of, they're all sculptures of, made from terracotta, which is a uh, type of earthenware. It's a clay-based uh, or ceramic. It's a ceramic. So there yeah. are these basically yeah. life-size, thousands and thousands of life-size soldiers in these three pits that was constructed to guard the emperor's tomb. Uh, it's a really, really fascinating site, and the way it was built uh, is morbid, basically the emperor had <laughs> so much power at the time. He got over 700,000 workers to spend years building these. I think it took like 30-something years. I'm kind of skimming and uh, trying to remember what we learned when we were going through the, the site. But more than 700,000 workers worked on this. And at the end, when they were done, the emperor didn't want anyone to know where, the, where he was going to be buried. So he had them oh, no. build their own grave. So they basically built uh, the wall no. around themselves and they all died. Uh, so
1: it's it's one cool thing, not one dark thing, <laughs> Brian. Jesus, that's yeah. terrifying. It's dark, terrifying, but fascinating
0: nonetheless. I think fascinating historically that one person could have yeah. all this power. You know, no one man should have all this power, mm-hmm. as uh, Kanye West once wisely yes, said. The great Kanye West. <laughs> the late great yes. Kanye West. Uh, is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know. Someday he will be <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just just fascinating, and, and every single soldier is unique this wasn 't like they built one mold and then built eight thousand soldiers. every single one is unique. they have different hair, eyes, faces, noses, mouth, uh, slightly different clothes, different hands, like uh, the fingernails are all so detailed, like every detail is there, uh, so you can get why it would take so many people so long to build this. To build this, and it was discovered by a farmer like 50 years ago. Some farmer was digging a Whoa. well, and this guy's still alive. So he kind of hangs out at the museum where the army uh-huh. is and will just like talk to guests and be like, Hey, what's up? Yeah, I discovered this on my farm. So wow. it, it's a fascinating project and is worth reading up on. Uh, and it's over 2,000 years old. So the fact that this stuff exists and was built so long ago is a testament to. First of all, I'm like, how how did someone organize seven hundred thousand people two thousand years ago with no internet? Yeah. <laughs> just just logistically, logistically that's kind of a nightmare alone. It, yeah, it it bends the brain. So that's my cool thing for the week. Not technology related, but cool nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I guess so. God. And dark. I'm weirded out now, Brian. And dark, yes. Way to make it Sorry. weird. <laughs> no that's cool it's really interesting to learn about sometimes history uh history is always good to know and sometimes it's not exactly flattering yes, so indeed uh this would be an example of that well uh with that
0: let's wrap up the episode thank you so much to sarah and drew not only for helping us with this episode and making us sound smarter than we are but also for the fire drill last week uh, as we rushed out last week's episode while marshall and i were traveling so thank you sarah and drew Of course, thank you to our sponsors, Protopie and Asana for making this episode possible. Protopie is a prototyping tool that makes it easy to build intuitive, high-fidelity prototypes that run on your device. They are shareable on the web. Uh, You should go and try it today at protopie.io. That's Proto-P-I-E, like prototyping. Easy as pie. (laughs) Protopie.io. Go check them out and uh, give it a try. If you are looking for a new prototyping tool or just want something that's a little more intuitive, it doesn't need code, uh, this seems right up your alley, so thank you to Protify
1: and thank you to Asana Design. As we mentioned before, they are trying to hire some folks. So if you are a product designer or a design manager and interested in working at Asana, uh, they are going to be in Chicago in October, from the twenty third to the twenty sixth, and Austin. Texas uh, in November from the 6th to the 9th, doing interviews. And uh, if you are so lucky as to land one of those gigs, they will fly you out to San Francisco and you can start working with them at their company. So check that out. That's asana.design, and the links are at the top of the page uh, for product designers and design managers. Thank you to Asana. Before we go, be sure to follow us on
0: Twitter. We're at Design Details FM, or you can join our community on Spectrum at spectrum.chatspecfm. If you want more podcasts to listen to, you can go to spec.fm. We've got a bunch of shows for designers and developers just like you that you might enjoy today. And of course, if you are enjoying design details, uh, we'd really appreciate an iTunes review. If you've been listening or even if this is your first episode, iTunes reviews help us move up the charts and helps new designers discover the show. We enjoy reading them. Uh, We enjoy the feedback and uh, really appreciate anyone who takes the time to leave us a review. So iTunes review are our iTunes reviews are most helpful. Thank you to everyone who has left one. And if you have a second, we would really appreciate it. Thank you. And I guess we'll catch you next week. I will uh, still be mobile. So we'll be figuring out the uh, recording situation from a new location, but uh, we'll get there when we get there.
1: Yes, it should go swimmingly, just like this It'll episode. be so smooth. <laughs> uh. All right. Bye.